someone booked in my calendar. I've never met this person before. And they just said, I wanted to let you know that I didn't have a great upbringing. I didn't have a great relationship with men. But the way I saw you interact with your son has given me hope and faith that I can believe and trust in men again. And I'm like, what? Like, what? If you're looking to leave the nine to five and elevate your side hustle, the Hustle the Day podcast is the podcast for you. Your host, Trent Bray, left the nine to five grind behind and is helping others do the same and focus on the future. Hear from others who have done it and how they did it. Jump in as we talk entrepreneurship, mindset, and strategy. Just take it one day at a time and hustle the day. On this episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I am fortunate to have Ryan Hartley on the show. Ryan is doing incredible things. He left his 9 to 5 in the police force where he developed empathy and is now using that experience to help others and coach others in a non-traditional way. Incredible stories throughout. You're going to want to listen to this one. Let's jump into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle the Day podcast. My name is Trent. Super excited and honored to have Ryan Hartley on the show. Ryan, why don't you jump in? Tell my audience a little bit about yourself. Thank you for having me, my friend. I am Ryan Hartley. I'm father to two, husband to one. I live in the southwest of England. Um, grew up single parent family, curious human being. I I wanted to um I wanted to go to university to find out all about how to become a criminal profiler. I was always interested in why naughty people did naughty things. And after finishing university, I joined the police. I I um I got an entry level job and I, I used to take 999 calls and dispatch officers on the radio. Absolutely loved it. And um during my time, just just progressed in my own leadership journey, became a parent at the same time. And um, yeah, fell in love with leadership, fell in love with this sense of trying to help uh, make things better, make the world a bit of a better place. Um, yeah, and I, I started a, a company called Always Better Than Yesterday four years ago. Absolutely um, just fell in love with this idea of just helping people, teams and organizations be better than they were yesterday. And uh, yeah, it's now my full-time job. I've been doing it for the last 12 months. So thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to having a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations. First of all, I'm making it a year now full-time doing this. Uh, That's that's awesome. So I'm curious though, you taking those 999 calls when people are really in a desperate need, how does that relate to your transformation and what you're doing now? I think the thing that I have realized is my superpower is empathy. Like, you know, I, I talk about single parent family, like my my mum when she was 12 she left my stepdad and uh, it's a real poignant moment that i remember in my life because she cried on me i was then the man of the house as it were at 12 and she, she was apologizing saying I'm, I'm sorry i just i just don't love him anymore and then i fast forward to my job at the police and it's like taking calls from people at their you know veterans suicidal you know about to take their own life and i'm i'm having i'm 21 years old at this point and i'm having to have a conversation with a veteran and or or maybe it's a, an elderly gentleman who's reporting his wife missing only for me to have the information that his wife had passed but he had 
you know, he had mental health and and dementia, and and, and it was like telling him again that his wife had passed um, for the first time. And I just think those years really built a sense of compassion and a sense of empathy. And trying to, there's a there's a there's an artist here in in, in England, a musician, and his name's Tom Walker, and he says, "I won't pretend to know what it's like to walk in your shoes, but I will try them on for you." And, and for me, that's that's kind of empathy. That's really just being able to you'll never understand what it's like for people but you're there in that moment and and it's almost like you're in a bubble it's like me in my headset i can't see anything all i've got is this voice and, and we're just having a conversation and i think you learn so much when you just have such a focus on every single word that someone's saying yeah that is uh, that's got to be transformational just listening to people in those moments and uh, I, I can't even fathom you having to go through that. And I, I think that would definitely shape you towards uh, being empathetic towards other humans and individuals and everything that they do. That seems to be a big point in Always Better Than Yesterday is that you kind of have this leadership style of leading with empathy. Yeah, I mean... You can see the heart in my in my logo. It's about helping people lead with love, and you know, I, I think my model for lead is L E A D, and starts with love. The second bit is empathy, and as a leader, we must have empathy for our own needs first and foremost. We have to understand what do we need so that we can give ourselves in that moment. Because leading is tough. Leading requires sacrifice, and you know, we have to be able to turn up. You know we can't give what we've not got is the phrase that that comes to mind and and so we have to have an empathy first and foremost for ourselves so we can give of ourselves uh, much more powerfully when we go out into the world and how do i help people lead with empathy well i have to role model it i have to demonstrate it i have to ask questions i have to create space and i don't know if i try and teach empathy but i just try and role model it that's that's powerful There's to just be out there doing it, demonstrating it. That's what's going to make the difference. So mm. tell me a little bit more about what Always Better Than Yesterday is and does. So uh, wind back a little bit. Throughout my leadership journey, I, I was um, in a fortunate position to be able to uh, train as a coach at the police. And um, I, I went through this exercise where it was like, it's called a values hierarchy. Someone asked me, what's important to you 10 times, same question, 10 times. And I have no idea where it came from, but I just wrote down this phrase. I love to help people be better than they were yesterday. And that phrase has never left me. So it, what initially started is some description of why I do what I do. It was still an idea at that point. You know, I, I love to help people be better. You know, I think, you know, it, it kind of speaks for itself. But when I was at the police, I was only used to coach people for two things. One is if they wanted promotion or the other is if they were a problem. And, you know, there's so much um, more potential from, from coaching. So my, my wife is a network marketer and she had a team of over 300. So I used to spend my time in this office every evening, you know, just, just coaching for free learning, just re refining my, my craft, helping people along the way. Um, and I started to help enough people at this time that I brought together a Facebook community just called Always Better Than Yesterday. So that's when it went from bigger than just my own 
heart of, of wanting to help be better. It was creating a community of people where we can be better. And, and that's kind of what, where it started really. It was late 2017 and, and we've been, you know, we've been all over the world with our community. Um, and, and, and I absolutely love it. And you know, I sit here with, with a logo and a hat on and stuff like that. So it's, it's taking its own form. But in the early days, it was just simply bringing people together so that we can learn and grow together. And you know, I, I talk now about in our hearts and our minds. But the early days, I was a mindset coach, you know, and, 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 and they've evolved as I've evolved, as I've continued to learn and grow in, in the depths of my own journey. Um, you know, I, I found my why in the good times, but it, it deepened in the tough times, the bad times, um, which is where the heart comes in for me. It's so much more than just mind. It's about what we're passionate about, what we care about. It's the, who we are, what we stand for. It's what we're good at. It's, it's not just how do we think, how do we learn, how do we show up and, and, and do what's difficult? It's how do we engage the heart first and foremost? Wow. Yeah, that is, that is great. Now you, you mentioned that you did a lot of coaching for free yeah. and a lot of people now think coaching is something that's easy to get into. Mm-hmm. You know, they go find a certification, maybe not even that, and then they just go do it. Um, and they expect to be paid up front. And so <laughs> it's, I, I always love hearing these stories where people really put in the work before, you know, you saw, saw the rewards. It's much more valuable to you at that point in time. How much time did you put in doing that free coaching before you were able to transition to a paid model? Long enough and too long, you know, long enough to know that I absolutely had examples and evidence of, of my, my shit worked, you know, like I knew that I was good. I knew that there were stories of transformation, but I did it for about six to 12 months for too long without charging. And a little bit of that was around my own money mindset. Um, having this kind of just, oh, it's okay. I'm helping people. I'm full-time employed. I don't need the money. In reality, that was a bit of a, a fear factor that I had to overcome. But yeah, I, I did it for two years. You know, most evenings, um, I'd, I'd go to work full time, um, and then I'd come home, kids to bed, and I'd be straight in the office, and and I'd be coaching two or three people. You know, most nights every week for for nearly two years. Wow, that's yeah, that's definitely putting in the work. Um, who is it that? always better than yesterday typically serves it's it's usually people who have an appetite for growth i either want to be better themselves or to help others be better and you know it's it starts with i try and do things a little bit different to the personal development industry you know i think you know uh, i i don't get along with a lot of the self-love narrative or the self-development because I don't think it's about focusing on self. I try and call it self-leadership because when we get better, everything around us gets better. So I, I don't, I don't stand for people that want to get better for better sake. It's to what end, who relies on them, who needs them, who needs them at their best and who needs them better because you know, our communities, our teams, our businesses, our families all benefit 
when leaders get better. Yeah, absolutely. For me personally, that's that's why I'm interested in personal development is, hey, I want to be the best dad that I can be. And the only way I'm going to do that is, you know, what started my trend, my journey is I went through a weight loss journey because I, I wanted to be better for my kids and show up for my kids and not be tired all the time. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I agree you, you need to have that purpose behind it to really uh, magnify that, Mm. uh, that self-development reason, you know, why, why you're doing these things. One thing you say on your website is that you're inspired to help leaders where does that inspiration come from? Do you know what? I just love to see good people win. I, I love to see good people doing good things, you know, real honest, good work, you know, good hearted, kind people. Um, I, I love what Adam Grant says in his book, Give and Take, how, you know, it is givers that advance the world. It's how you can win by helping others win. I think there's too much of a narrative that says that, you know, to win, you have to be, you know, crush, crush the competition. And I just don't see that. I, I genuinely believe that we rise by lifting others. And so I'm inspired by good people winning. I'm inspired by my, my own kids. I'm inspired by, my own, the way I show up. And sometimes I got to look back and go, wow, look what you've done. And not not for too long, but look back and go, man, you're doing all right. You know, because I have to look at my own life and go, I didn't have a male role model in my life. I am entirely winging this thing called life and parenting. I'm pretty sure I'm doing all right. And then sometimes I look back and go, ha, mate, yeah, nice. And then there are other times when you've gone, um, oh, dudes, like you were trying so hard, like just chill out a little bit, you know what I mean? And there, there's a huge, um, I know I'm going off piece a little bit, but you know, I, or, uh, in my reflection, I, I was a, as a young lad growing up that just wanted love and validation. And I used to go into the world for it, not, not, you know, leading for love, not from love. And what that really looked like is that I was telling people what I was doing. I was telling people my achievements and how good I was. Not because I was blowing my own trumpet, but because I wanted someone to go, wow, awesome. Proud of you. Uh, and it, so this label of arrogant came along, which I, I never really felt connected to. But um, I I listened to Matthew McConaughey's um, Oscar speech, Oscar winning speech, and he described his hero was him in 10 years time. And that gave me a frame of reference for a young kid that was just trying to prove something to the world that he didn't need to prove anything to anybody. He just needed to show up for for himself in, in, in 10 years time. And then the fortunate thing is I became a parent and, you know, that you know, when you become a parent, that just inspires you. you think, How have I created this? <laughs> How have I kept this alive? And, you know, it's uh, inspiration is everywhere. And what I've become really, really good at is just to seek it out, surround myself with it. Good people, you know, you and I connected through unconventional leaders community, good spaces on the internet with good people doing good things. Um, that breathes life and conversations like this inspires me breathes life creates new ideas creates new connections and uh, yeah i love it yeah absolutely and i i agree inspiration is everywhere if you seek it out if you're if you're looking for negative affirmations they're all around too it's <laughs> it's all about what you're seeking out <laughs> mm-hmm. so 
One thing that I wanted to ask you about is you, you have a podcast as well. How did that play into what you were doing? And you also have a, a like you mentioned, a community as well uh, that, you know, started this whole journey. Is this yeah. a, a way to be able to impact more people through, you know, one to many rather than doing the individual thing? Well, it, I'd love to sit here and say it started out the love of my heart, and but the reality is it started out of fear. I, um, in my passion for leadership, I would share quotes and things like that on my Instagram, and I went through a senior leadership um, training uh, process at the police, and I got wind, um, I got made aware that uh, some senior leaders sat around with my social media profile, and words to the effect of "Who the f- is Ryan Hartley, and what does he know about leadership?" You know, and and you know, I was in my mid to late twenties, doing great things, really passionate about leadership, really heart on my sleeve, really cared, um, but a huge desire to fit in, to belong, to be liked, and yet be myself. And it felt like I couldn't be myself and fit in at the same time. So I went underground. Uh, I created a space on Facebook where my people can come together, you know, and, and I could do that in a safe environment uh, in Facebook, in a private Facebook community. And it was great. You know, I was getting a lot of um, great experiences, great connections, great friends. And it got to a point where I'd done that for about 18 months and I knew I needed to get back out. I, I'd gone underground for too long. And I knew that if I was going to have a future with always better than yesterday, I had to reintroduce myself back to the the public domain. So, I did these things called interview sessions where I would just bring on some connections of mine that I had within the community and I would interview them on Facebook live originally Sunday nights, Facebook live. And, um, and yeah, I got to about episode nine or 10. They were weekly at this point. And someone said, I'd love to be able to take them on my commute. Oh, okay. And a friend of mine said, well, if you get this, um, this website and you rip the audio from the video file, you can just stick them on a podcast. So, you know, this is probably shameful to all hardcore podcasters out there to think, oh, that's how he started. But the reality is I'd never intended to start a podcast. It was mainly my my interview sessions as the platform to help other people learn as I ask my curious questions. I just happened to be able to put them on my podcast. Um, yeah, and, and I'm about to publish episode 115 tomorrow. So that's two years of, of showing up at two years. Mm, I guess it is just over two years worth of two and a half years of, of weekly episodes. And, you know, I, I've been very fortunate enough to have interviewed some of my own heroes, the likes of um, Bob Berg, the likes of John Gordon, um, Dr. Gary Chapman. And, and last week I was very fortunate enough to interview Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I actually saw that uh, you had had that set up, and that is amazing. He's he's definitely a fascinating individual. After reading his book, I mean, it's just blows me away all all that he went through and all that he was able to gather from it, and you know, create the life that he did. But um, congratulations on that, on being able to interview some of those heroes that you were looking up to. Because I'm a year and a half into this and like 90 episodes. So I'm only a little bit behind you. Some of my best episodes have been with my friends or my son, you know, so it's not always, it's never always about the, the, the superstars. And 
because here's what I've also learned is that what happens the day after? Now, I don't leave my house and people start, you know, oh, it's right now, Lee's in. No, just I'm a normal guy walking around my town. And, and you know, and, and, and I've learned that enough from going in the police where they, you know, after those Sunday evening sessions, I'd go into work on a Monday and, and it was like I had a child that we didn't talk about. It was so strange. I was so proud of these amazing conversations. And, you know, I had some really cool people on in the early days of, you know, I had uh, a UFC fighter. I had um, a Paralympic swimmer. I had some really cool people, but we wouldn't talk about it. And I was just, uh, just, yeah, it just blew my mind, you know, how, you know, you spend so much time with these people. And yet sometimes the the closest people to you just don't acknowledge your Side hustle, I guess, it would be the the terms that you're using. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. I've mentioned that many a times that the I was always surprised when I launched a product, um, a physical product. I mm. was surprised at the people that never interact with my content, haven't yeah. talked to in years. They've been the best supporters of it. The people that are really close, or like you said, they're kind of distance themselves from it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Let's just not talk about that. Let's let's talk about yeah. something else. Yeah, <laughs> strange. Blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let's let's talk a little bit more about that that transition that you took from the regular job to taking always better than yesterday full time. You've talked a few times about how you'd held on to things for too long. Did you yeah. know the timing was right for this, or was it one of those things where you think maybe I held on a little too long? Maybe I jumped in too early. Um, I, I wasn't ready to leave, but I got to a point where I was, um, I was working at a level above my paid role for a good couple of years because I was ready for the next opportunity. Um, what I had made a commitment at the start of 2019 was that, um, if the job became available, I'd give it everything I got. Um, and I would put always better than yesterday on hold while I really gave the job a good go. Or I don't get the job and then I'll give everything to always better than yesterday. What happened at the end of that year, um, I didn't even get the opportunity to go for the job. Someone else got put in, no process went ahead, felt completely betrayed by the whole process, completely understanding for the person that came in. It was nothing to do. It's, you know, They were great. It's not their fault. But there's just something about how you can all of a sudden go from glass ceiling from giving everything about your life, the completely dedicated and devoted to, to giving everything, um, only for you just to be blocked, shall we say. So, um, that was it. I, I kind of, uh, about two weeks after that happened, I handed my notice in. I had a three month notice period, but the funny thing is I had a friend, I, I still have a very good friend, Jonathan from, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. In the build-up to this, he's like, you need to burn the boats, man. You need to burn the boats. And I'm like, hey, I'm never going to burn the boats, my friend, because I need to do this staged plan. I need to build up my my side income to replace my income so that I can be safe and I need to go. I got a mortgage. I got two kids. The reality is I burnt my boats <laughs> because it was too painful to go to work. I, I you know, I'm an emotional creature. I have a heart on my sleeve. And... I just, I just felt so burnt by the whole process. I was like, right, I'm leaving. And I'm glad I did because if I did, if, and that was more of a heart than a mind decision. If it was my mind, like I said, the pounds would have had to meet the, you know, everything would have had to level out. 
in reality, in burning the boats, I had three months to turn what effectively was sporadic to no income for the business to being able to pay my mortgage at the very least. And, um, you know, when you have to, it focuses the mind. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I can procrastinate. You know, there's, I, 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 what I was doing with Always Better Than Yesterday once it, once it was a side project was I was doing the fun stuff, doing the nice stuff, not the, not the business development, not the hard stuff to do. I was having the conversations, the networking, I was, all the fun, all the nice stuff because I could. The minute it becomes your relied upon business and your income, you've got to do all of it. And, and that's kind of what I started to knuckle down, built a built a platform called Our Master Heart and Mind, which is a, a leadership group coaching program for, you know, the the people within my community who wanted a little bit more contact time. Yeah, and I, I set that up within a couple of months and that was it. My income was my income was replaced. Um, not in totality, but enough to to cover the bills and I've been very blessed. 2020 was a, a very, very good year to me. It was, um, and I, and I think it surpasses all my logical understanding. I think I just walked in faith. I think I just surrendered the outcome of numbers and money and and clients, held it lightly. And this isn't my style. Like my style was absolutely um, control what you can. <laughs> you know, and, but I got to a point where I, I really learned to let go, serve my heart out and just trust. You know, I I don't know if your listeners are, you know, of faith, but I certainly wasn't. But I came to faith after some real struggles with my my relationship at home. And, you know, later on in the year, I, I'd never really had a prayer life, but I'd left, I'd handed my notice in. I just like, oh, big man it was i had never really spoken to god at this point in my life i said is this what i'm supposed to be doing please let me know and within 24 hours i got sent reference to a piece of scripture uh, jeremiah 29 11 which in effect just says the lord has plans for you to prosper not to harm you but to give you hope and a future and i'm like i am listening like <laughs> i'm listening so that went in my heart and mind and i just try to just walk in walk in that in presence you know yeah no i love that story i it's it's one of those things where if you give yourself three months to accomplish something it'll take you three months Mm. Uh, if you give yourself you know three years to accomplish something it'll take three years so you managed to to solidify that deadline uh, out of necessity and you were able to do that, which is incredible. And that's, that's great that you were able to do that and set that up. And I love the, you know, the personal touch of uh, being able to have that confirmation that this is something mm. you are supposed to be working on. One thing that happens though, when anybody, you know, steps out into their own thing and, you know, leaves their, the comfort of the nine to five, there's always challenges that you just never expect to have happened. What was mm. maybe a challenge that came across that you didn't expect to have happen? Yeah, I um, I was working with a, a CEO of an organization um, here in, in my local town, you know, worldwide uh, organization, um, built a really good relationship and, and it just, it felt like that there was work there for me it was we were going to do some stuff together not quite sure what it was 
I just got to the point where I had given him a a quote, um, and then obviously Corona hits and the the risk of it, you know, to, and it was so I can't, I can't, I can't do any of that. I can't. My finance directors is is stop spending. And I took, I just sat in my office. I was just like, what am I going to do? You know, and I, I think that was a reminder to stop getting your hopes up. And, and, and that's a really difficult one for me because I'm on, I'm a, a diehard optimist by nature and I see the best in everything. I see the opportunity. All I, you know, I don't buy lottery tickets, but when I do, I'm going to win. And I've already spent the money in my mind. So, <laughs> So when I'm speaking to this CEO, I'm thinking we're going to do some great things together. You know, my business is going to be safe. It's going to be sorted. And then it didn't happen. It had much more of a negative effect than it needed to because I, I built myself up too much. So I think there's an element of, um, of trying to stay as cool, calm, as level-headed as, as possible. And I think that was a big lesson for me throughout the rest of the year, hold things lightly and, until it's almost like, I've learned to aim past the target because I was getting excited before I can see the finish line and the finish line never came. But what I've really tried to do is not get excited until we're actually working together, you know? And so that's kind of where I am really. I, I like that. I, I tend to be one of those people who's a, you know, eternal optimist too. And where <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, this is, this is going to be life-changing if this happens and yeah, then yeah. it happens and it doesn't, it isn't life-changing. So I've, I've had to reel that in a little bit too. I still have the optimism there, but it's put it out there. Hey, if, it's, if it happens, great. If it doesn't, great. The results yep. will end up speaking for itself and yep. in the end. So uh, it's been a learning process for me too. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's definitely something we can relate to. This has honestly been just a, a fascinating conversation. I love where you're taking all these things. So this is probably going to be my uh, my most anticipated person that I've wanted to ask this question to, and that is, what is your personal definition of the word hustle? It's a verb, and I think just forward progress. You know, I, I think it's everything that we represent here at Always Better Than Yesterday. It's whilst the word yesterday refers to the past it's very much in the moment it's practical it's do it's a call to action you know one thing i said to myself at the very start of of the company was that you can't be always better than yesterday if you keep putting it off until tomorrow and 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 that for me is 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 the hustle is the hours that i've spent in this office coaching for free it's 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 just making relentless forward progress yeah, absolutely. I love that definition. That that's absolutely true. And you know that that reminds me a lot of uh, Jesse Itzler's quote of uh, "Remember tomorrow." You know, mm -hmm. what are you doing today? What's it going to feel like tomorrow? You know, yeah. It's it's absolutely true. How how you know being always better than yesterday is an action. It is something mm -hmm. that you need to put in the work now so that you can be better better tomorrow. So. Mm -hmm. I love the message. I love what Thanks, you're man. doing. Your whole vision is driven by impact. And you know that's what I love about entrepreneurship personally. I want to create an impact on people. And entrepreneurship is the best way I see to make the biggest impact with the uh, least amount of effort. So like you in your typical job uh, with police force, it's 
to make an impact, you, it's really that one-on-one, you know, you can't impact as many people over, um, over your typical day. So I love that you're, you're helping others create that impact too, because whatever you're teaching, it's, uh, it's obviously resonating. I've been able to see some of the things that you're doing to help impact other people. And like you said, we connected through unconventional leaders. I see the difference you're making in there as well. So I want to say thank you, first of all, for what you're doing and thanks, the impact that you are creating. That's very kind of you. Thanks, mate. Yeah. So I want to give uh, people a chance to connect with you. But before I get to that, I want to ask you one final question personal or business, what is it that excites you about the future? Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because like, you know, optimist to optimist, it's just the default belief, isn't it? Our best days are always ahead of us. And I just, I think what gives me hope and optimism for the future is, is kind of two things. One is I just have seen, despite everything that's gone on in the world, with with the um, with the year that 2020 is, whether that's people punching each other over over toilet rolls in supermarkets, or whether that's played out on on national television on the Capitol, um, I choose to see a different story. I choose to see good people helping good people, and that will always give me hope because it's always possible. Too many people forget the impact that they can have in what my friend Jonathan describes micro moments. That moment where we just choose to make a positive difference to someone's day. And I think we're only talking small, small things here, but I think there's always an opportunity every single day for me to have a positive impact on just one person's life. And the best thing about any of that, a leader who leads with love, kindness, compassion, empathy, they encourage others to do the same. And the, the thing that makes me smile through my community, and this is where I think I'm a little bit different to other coaches who lead communities out there, is that nothing makes me smile harder when someone else goes and replicates that elsewhere. I think I think there's a lot of people out there that, that have a bit of an ego bashing because they think, oh, I said that first, don't copy me. Whereas when I see someone else talking about leading with love, scatter that. I want to see more of that out there. You know, I, it makes me smile because that's the ripple effect. And and I've been very fortunate enough to hear some of those ripples come back over the last few years. Someone came back to me. I did a series with my son um, on the podcast, just, just for fun, just for the love of creation. It was his birthday. And um, I put it out and someone booked in my calendar. I've never met this person before. And they just said, I wanted to let you know that I didn't have a great upbringing. I didn't have a great relationship with men, but the way I saw you interact with your son has given me hope and faith that I can believe and trust in men again. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what? So look, with no expectation, you create, use everything that's available to me. We've all got phones, you know, use them for a positive difference and you just never know the positive difference that, that that can make in someone's life. And I love that. So that's number one. And number two, the legacy of my kids, you know, what gives me hope? Well, I have to, I have to help 
lead the way, show the way. And then my legacy as a leader is to create other leaders, to create other good human beings, caring human beings, loving human beings. And that first and foremost starts in my home. Absolutely. That is incredible. I love I love what you just described there. That's that's great that you have had that those people come back and you know tell you some of those effects that you're having. Yeah. Helps keep you moving forward, doing that forward progression. It's the inspiration cycle, you know, it's inspire, be inspired. You know, people think that when you're in these positions trying to do the inspiring, that no, the results that people get inspire me. The conversations, the humility, the vulnerability of the people I speak with, they inspire me too. And it's amazing. Yeah, I just very, very, very feel very fortunate enough and to to be able to do what I love and, and make a difference along the way. Absolutely. And I feel very fortunate to have now connected with you. Where can people best uh, connect with you online? Yeah, I mean, there's the there's the link tree on my Instagram page, which has got the links to everything really. So it's at Ryan B Hartley on YouTube, on Facebook. Um, come and join us in. We are always better than yesterday. We'd love to kind of grow with you um, and, and and make good connections. That's we we aim to be a positive space on the internet that if you spend time with us, you leave a little bit better than when you joined us. Perfect. I'll make sure to include links in the show description uh, so that people can just connect with you a little bit easier, but thank you, Ryan, for taking time out of your day, rather taking time out of your night as you are uh, a number (laughs) of hours ahead of me, but uh, thank you again. And, you know, I know I've gotten a ton of value out of this, so I know my audience has gotten value out of this. So I encourage you all to get out there and hustle the day.